welcome to Material Podcast, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. This episode of Material is brought to you by Blue Apron and Linode. I am one of your hosts, product designer Yasmin Evian, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host, mobile app developer, Russell Ivanovich. Howdy, hi. And tech columnist, Andy Anako. Hello. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day to everyone except Russell because his his Valentine's Day has gone past. <laughs> everyone else is too by the time this episode's out. Yeah, by the time this airs, we we hope you had a good Valentine's Day. If you don't care about Valentine's Day, we hope you enjoyed the day all the same. It is called Friendship Day at my daughter's school. They had a picnic and it was awesome because it was like 60 seat, 66 degrees Fahrenheit out. Uh, Russell will have to do the tra- the conversion here. Uh, but it was like a beautiful day and everyone's just out in the field having a picnic uh, with their families and stuff. So that was fun. So I hope uh, people are having a good day. 19 and degrees Celsius, week, Yasmin. I don't know if in Australia we'd call that a good day. That's, that's a bit chilly. Were they all wearing well, like Well, it was like uh, the sun. You know, the sun was out in Arizona. Yeah, okay, it's okay. really sunny. So it was really nice. It was nice out in the sun. I guess it is winter over there, isn't it? It's always weird that we're on different sides of the world. Yeah, exactly. You're like, ah, uh, that doesn't sound, I don't know. I don't uh, think it's there's... ever winter in in Arizona. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think you have to climb to the very top of a mountain before it's, you get to winter in Arizona. I'm just... It's, um, yeah, it's considered not, um, not boiling hot. That's what we consider our winters. Yeah, we don't have winter. If you go up north, you can get some snow. You can get some snow. Uh, but there's been some uh, updates throughout the week. One of them, which we'll be talking about soon, which everyone will know what I'm talking about. But I want to talk about instant apps. They have finally arrived, uh, which is pretty cool. So I had my first experience of an instant app. It is uh, for a company or an app called Wish, and I don't exactly know what they do. They sell stuff. That's all I. That's all I know. Yes, uh, I mean, wished I- she knew what they did. Sorry. Oh, oh um, I, I found out through Android Central's article, uh, Jerry wrote saying, hey, I found this and this app seems like it's actually out there doing it. So, yeah, I, so I tried it out. It's shopping. I think their tagline is shopping made easy. So there we go. Shopping app. Okay. So uh, cool thing is you have to, well, you know that you're actually opening up an instant app. People are freaking out saying, Oh no, is it just going to automatically start opening up all these apps? And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone's like freaking out. Uh, but you have to go into your settings and then go into your like Google settings and it's your your Google account. And if you have it available, there should be a list item that says instant apps, and then you could turn it on there. Um, I know I have it. I know uh, Russell hasn't received it. Have you received it, Andy? Uh, not yet, no. Well, Yasmin, I have a live update. Well, look at that. I just <gasps> went to my settings. You did and it. So I did. Yasmin and I were having a discussion yesterday. I'm like, why do you have this and why don't I have this? And typical Google slow rollouts thing that's super annoying and it goes over many weeks. And Please, Google, for the love of all that's good, just just get rid of that process. We don't, we don't need quality control. We just need the day of. We need the hype. Um, so I did the software update and I thought, oh, maybe that's it. I'll get the February you know, security patch. Didn't make a difference. This morning, just as we were recording this show, I go into my settings and I see in the Google settings a toggle for instant apps. And I just, yeah. I literally just turned that on, Yasmin. So now I'm looking that's at awesome. a, a very nice blue dress that I'm thinking about buying for yeah, myself. exactly. <laughs> and now, how do I? Because the problem is, I go to their website, right? And I guess they're not fully ready for this. I still get those stupid, oh, this experience would be much better if you had yeah, our I app pop ups. I'm like, I'm on your website. Just stop telling me about the app. 
Yeah, it's so okay. So right now, if you actually do like a Google search for Wish, the company that has it, it gives you an option to either go to their website or run an instant app. Um, so if you click on the instant app, is you'll actually be able to get it. I know that you're supposed to be able to just get a link and it will work. Um, so I need to, I need, I needed to do more testing and seeing if I, if like a direct link, if I were to show share a link with you from the Wish app. It should open in the instant apps. Um, when you first open an instant app, uh, at least I don't know if Russell, you got the. I'm sure you did. There was a like a barrier of entry that just said, "Would you like to go to the website or run the instant app?" And then you say accept, and then you don't ever see that message again. Is that the same thing for you? I agreed to something. I don't know what it was. Something popped okay, up, that, and I'm like, that, "Quick now, give me all the features." To. And that's you when agree. Google stole all my personal data. So stole all your data, and there we go. Um, one neat thing is that it will tell you at the top that you are running an instant app, so you are well aware that there is an instant app running. And there's even a uh, in your instant app settings in the Google settings, there is a recently ran instant app. So they're really creating um, a place where you know that you're running the instant app, so it's not shouldn't take you by surprise. So I think it's neat. So I'm excited to use it out in the wild and get more info. But I mean, the app runs smooth. I you know I'm clicking around looking at some of these clothing items and there's really no lag. So that's pretty, pretty cool. Yay, instant apps. (laughs) Yay, a more complicated way for us to experience advertising, which is why we have our phones (laughs) and our computers. And purchasing, Andy. Don't forget about the purchasing part. That's the other side of advertising. Well, because so many of the ads we see do directly lead to the impulse to purchase. Exactly. There's there's some marketers out there that are pouring over all these spreadsheets that have terms like... uh, ARPU and like retargeting and I've forgotten half the marketing terms that I, that I learned but it's very important Andy you got to track all this stuff you got you got to get the people's money and this is hopefully a quicker way to get the people's money <laughs> but in all seriousness they promised us this you know at Google I last year it looked really cool a lot of people were a bit skeptical I think as to especially from the development side of things like you talk to developers and the way we currently build Android apps is it's one kind of mon- monolithic thing like internally you might you know, write a whole bunch of small components and fragments and sort of things like that. But at the end of the day, you, you package it all up into this one app bundle and that could sometimes be huge. You know, ours is, I think Pocket Cast Phil does a pretty good job. It's small, it's like four meg or something, but some apps are like 50, 100, you know, like 200 megabytes. And then when Google said, hey, you know, we'd like you to come up with a new way of building these things, we chop it up into little components and what if people just want the shopping component, you know, can they download and run that instantly? And I guess there was some skepticism in the developer community. We looked at that and we thought, oh, can you? Like, I know apps are all meant to be about, you know, good good design and all this other stuff. But sometimes when you put an app together, you don't really think about, oh, you know, these are the hundred ways it could be used in the future. You're just thinking about what do I need to do to get this into the store and like get this finished and get this all sort of bug free. So I'm glad to sort of see this rolling out. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how many apps adopt it, whether it becomes a thing that you see all the time. Uh, you know, when the, whether it rolls out to other phones as well and not just the, the Pixel, you know, if it goes sort of wider than that. And, yeah, I guess the next few months will, will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're lucky enough if you finish the app and it doesn't smell like wet leather <laughs> and when, when, by the time you ship it, as opposed to inclu- including every future-looking technology the operating system developers want you to put in there. Uh, it is. A, I, I I just hope it goes beyond ways of advertising to us. You know, just another thing we have to ignore. Uh, I love the idea of uh, the operating system 
sensing that here is an opportunity. He, he is he's doing a lot of time fussing around trying to find when when or how or if there is bus service from where he's going to where he wants to go. Actually, this would be a lot faster if we lean on just this one module of the transit app. We, and instead of forcing him to download, go to the, go to the app store, download this big app. Uh, to go through the installation process. Could we possibly let him just get that chunk that can answer the question, how the it's raining and I'm cold and I just want to get home and I don't care how much money it costs. Could you just get me home somehow? Is there a way you can just get that one chunk that'll solve that problem uh, and will solve the problem for the user? And maybe incidentally, it will also turn that user into a, a, a fan of your app or at least be aware that your app exists. Yeah, I think that, you know, the most annoying thing in which they haven't fixed in the Wish app, because I think it's just barely, be barely being released, is when you go to a website and then it's like this giant banner of download our apps, you know, like we're on iOS and Android, blah, 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 and gives you all that <laughs> stuff. And I know Wish hasn't fixed that yet, but when it's just the whole idea of you get a link and it opens up the app and boom, you already have it. So you kind of bypass the whole thing. Um, so I'm assuming that they're working all, all those quirks because right now if if you get a link, at least for that Wish app, it didn't open in the instant app. So um, interesting thing, but I think it looks pretty cool. I mean, just from running it, I was pretty excited running. I was like, oh, I'm actually running this. There's this app that I don't even know what it does and I'm never gonna install it, but uh, I'm running it. And we, this episode of Material is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron Seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium, Seafood Watch, and all of their other meats are from are farmed responsibly from uh, responsibly raised animals, and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming, so they know that they're taking care of the, of the environment. Each Blue Apron meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Uh, this is super, super easy. They give you all this stuff and they label it and tell you, hey, this is what's going to go with uh, this recipe. And you don't have like all this extra. You know, the, the hard thing is when you go and you're like, I just, I need a pound of something. And then, but you can only buy five pounds. No, that's a, it's a <laughs> you know, you have too much extras there. So they take care of that, all of that for you. Um, and it's a fun, it's fun time to get, you know, cooking with your family. And my daughter loves their food. She's always asking, asking for seconds. So it's, um, so yeah, thank you, Blue Apron, for making such delicious food. Here are some of the recipes that you can get. You can get cashew chicken stir fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice. Mm. You can get undan uh, noodle soup with miso and soft boiled eggs. And you can get a cheddar cheeseburger with frizzled onions and romaine salad. And Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental U.S. There's no weekly commitment, so you can only get so you only get deliveries when you want them. And the freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com/material. You love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Visit Blue Apron dot com forward slash material and we thank blue apron for their support of the show and all of relay if um blue apron a better way to cook i'm so hungry now 
Yeah, does does Blueprint have a, a special service where they'll send you the box like labeled like car parts or truck parts so that your spouse doesn't know that this wonderful gourmet level meal that is that you've prepared for him or her is actually came in a box. You did cook it all yourself, but it's not as though you spent 20 to 20 days at the farmer's market collecting ingredients and ideas. I thought that that's a good that would be a good, good upside. There we go. Service, yeah. I, <laughs> I went to the store and did all the all the hard work of picking this all out. Yeah, totally me. Totally me. <laughs> no, and can I say like their recipe cards are actually really nice designed. I, I like looking at them. I'm like, ooh, pretty. So, anyways, yeah, they're 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 fun. And it's it's kind of fun because I'll just say one more bit. You're receiving the same food that other Blue Apron people are receiving. So like if you post on it on Twitter, someone's like, oh, I tried those, you know, like yesterday. They're really good. What do you think about these? So it's just it's kind of like you are having a community dinner with the world. Maybe not the world, the United States. Sorry, Russell. Oh, oh, I see how uh, it is. The United States is the world. Yeah, let's, let's not even go there. I think something else big happened this week, though. Uh, I've got no wrist jokes that I can think of. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you'll have them after the first three hours of wearing the new Android Wear watch, <laughs> or at least one of them. Yeah, so we've been talking about this for the past few weeks. There were very few secrets and surprises. Uh, Android Wear 2.0 did indeed uh, roll out last week. There were indeed two new watches, not labeled as Pixel watches or as Google watches. Uh, they were LG, made by LG, branded by LG as the sport and the style Although, although Google had a great amount of leverage in hand in its uh, their design, so so they seem to be more like Nexus watches, where uh, they where Google and a company get together, and Google says, "Yeah, but wouldn't it be great if you put in this feature that would take care of this thing we're putting into the operating system." So more like here's a device that may not be right for everybody, but at least it shows off everything that our operating system can do at a time when we're not having trouble convincing people ourselves of how good uh, our operating system is uh, so the uh, so we've had some hands-on experience i've had a little hands-on experience with the larger of the two the the sport uh which is ironically named because believe me with this thing strapped to your wrist between the weight and the bulk the last thing you want to do is engage in physical activity maybe <laughs> soccer something that doesn't involve using your arms this is a big honking watch the the features are wonderful I think it's really interesting the idea of having a completely self-contained device that is not designed to run 100,000 apps, but just designed to uh, give you just a, a sort of a digital snack so that you can still be alerted uh, by your apps and by text messaging and even by phone if there's something you need to be, uh, be get in touch about. But honestly, it's there so that you can enjoy your day at the beach without really being distracted by this thing. But honestly, it's not it's not a, quite as big as a hockey puck. It is definitely about – it feels like having a hostess ring-ding on your wrist, only – only the, the 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 hostess ring ding is actually like chocolate sponge cake, so it's not quite so heavy. You really do feel the weight of this, and uh, they uh, they did allow uh, they did send some out to uh, the larger uh, websites uh, for so they had reviews available on the day of release. Uh, and uh, Ver the, the Verge was talking about how uh, it's so thick that the reviewer can't even button his sleeve over it, uh, which is something that I saw in some of the earlier, the, the first Moto 360, but not even all of my shirts. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a deal. <laughs> Here, here's the deal. Even with the so Jason Hal of All About Android posted a picture of the LG Sport next to the Moto 360. The LG Sport 
is larger than the first gen Moto 360. That is how ginormous this thing is. This is how ridiculous this thing is. Like I, I, I okay. I'm yeah. It's, I'm, it's I was so upset when it was allowed. It's like I knew I knew the sport was going to be big, and we all knew it was just going to be like this giant watch because it was going to have all the things, and then the style was supposed to be the smaller one. But man, the style, even though it's smaller, it still looks big. And they didn't even add um, NFC to it, which really is a shame. You don't announce Android Wear 2.0 and say, we're supporting Android Pay, and then don't include that existing feature, which is one of the things that you announce at 2.0, not include it in that in the watch. Like, it's just like, how do you, what I, I'm sure. You're inviting people to not take it seriously. Yeah, it's just like, hey, here's this watch, and sorry, you can't actually use that feature that just was announced at 2.0. Um, and it's also uh, frustrating because really the only people that are not, maybe not the only one, but majority of people that are actually using these, wa uh, these watches are nerds. They're not really out to the whole consumer. So it's like, if you're going to create a watch, you're going to create something that those early adopters um, are interested in, which is like the NFC, being able to pay with your Android Pay. And you didn't deliver on that. So you gave us like a smaller watch, but at the cost of removing all the cool features. And the thing is, the style doesn't even look that amazing. Like it just looks <laughs> it looks like a watch that should have been released one or two years ago and would have been like, wow, I can't believe they did this. But to release this as your 2.0 um with Android Wear 2.0 and being like, this is this is really it. I'm just no, no, <laughs> I, no, I will not have it. And yes, there was rumors that it was supposed to be the Pixel brand, and of course they didn't put the Pixel brand on this because they did not want to ruin their brand on these watches. I'm sorry, <laughs> people at Android Wear to Android Wear team. I was just really looking forward to these watches, and I just felt so let down. Um, I don't know. Okay, okay, I, I can I can see the emails just starting up, and and people have already got their email clients, and they're like, just just one moment, please. I I will say the the watch sport is what happens when you want everything in a watch. You know, people they they probably ask people, hey, what do you what do you need? Oh, I need a GPS. You know, I want to go running without my my great big honking phone. You know, I have a six inch phone. I want to leave that at home. They're like. GPS, LG, like we got you covered. And then other people are like, oh, wouldn't it be good if it had a cell connection? You know, this is like the, the Homer, like building the car on the Simpsons. Yeah, it needs a cell connection because then I can leave my phone at home. I could take phone calls. You know, people could SMS me. I don't, I don't need my phone. You know, I can be kind of on the go. And you start putting all that stuff in a watch. And I think with where technology is at the moment, you end up with the LG Watch Sport. There, there is probably no physical way to, to take all those, you know, components and cram them into a smaller body. And I guess the style was kind of the, the other end of it, you know, because for me, like a watch should be elegant, should be small, should be elegant, should, should kind of look good on your wrist. And I, I think the one thing it's, well, okay, two things that the style is missing for me is one is style. I just, I don't know. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's not to my personal taste, but the other is NFC. Like I don't know a super duper amount about that technology but i believe it's just you know you need to have a, a bit of space in your watch for that you know sensor to be there i don't i don't know why it, was it a cost thing was there just no physical room i don't i don't know yeah that's that's baffling because that's the thing that you're really gonna nfc should be in every single watch it should be the sort of thing where uh, where google doesn't insist that uh, hardware developers put nfc in every watch but make it make their their interests really really well known that if you don't have nfc in your watch you can go ahead and do that but you'll look like a major snickerdoodle because where everybody who's even halfway hip to this is going to want uh, nfc in their watch um i think that the the sport isn't a total fail it's um I think that it re I really come back to the idea that this is a Nexus 
type watch where they really wanted to make sure they have one piece of hardware out there that shows you here is everything that can be done uh, with this new version of the operating system. And it really does show you all the sacrifices you have to make if you want to have a full cellular radio in it. I mean, you can't even replace the the, the watch band because the watch band contains the antenna for uh, for the GSM radios. But I really wish that instead of making the sport, they had made something like the Nexus 5X of Android Wear watches. Uh, I, I really think that the Nexus 5X is the pinnacle of the Nexus program because it shows how absolutely kick butt a uh, a phone can be while not costing a lot of money. It was a wonderful uh, for a three hundred and fifty dollars phone. It was such a wonderful statement about what could be done with Android. So what a what a wonderful thing it would have been if they had decided to do, for for lack of a better word, the, the Nexus Watch or the Five X Watch, which really was we can't make the, our rules are it has to be a round dial, cannot be wider than forty two millimeters. We want it to be forty, but we will accept forty two millimeters as a design. Uh, but it has to be a a smart looking, wonderful band replaceable watch that has NFC enough memory that people are going to be able to take full advantage of Android wear. Uh, and a couple of the creature comfort mechanical buttons that we have been told by user testing are good things to have. I like the fact that the sport has two user addressable buttons on it where they're just two clicky buttons uh, above and beyond the above and below the absolutely totally not idea stolen from Apple digital stem uh, that it just simply launches whatever app you define gets launched when you press that button. By default, one of them is Android Pay, but if you just want one of them to be your messaging client, the other one to be your your, your game of life, you can do that as well. So yeah, I think they missed a big opportunity. Um, but nonetheless, it's important to note that this isn't like when Apple uh, re re uh, releases a watch. This is just the this is just the first watch release that ru that runs Android Wear 2.0. Right now, it's the only one that is compatible because I don't believe they've released uh, updates for any of the uh, previously announced as compatible existing watches. There will be other watches after that that will certainly be more like a Nexus 5X. I hope where it's let's make it small, let's make it stylish, and let's make it sure it has NFC. Uh, but it will be something that even I. Like this is the, I, I'm I am wearing a Pixar hat. I am wearing a firefighter shirt that someone gave me because it's the warmest thing I own. It's freezing cold in here. I am wearing Ray-Ban glasses that make me look like Buddy Holly on an off day. And even I am not nerdy enough to to wear this huge honking watch on my wrist every single day. They they should really make it. If if anything, they should have like embraced the size of call. It. We're calling this the low hand edition. It's for <laughs> it's for if you if you're used to accessorizing a large bulky strap device that you're legally compelled to wear on an extremity at all times. Let's just let's bedazzle it a little bit. <laughs> there are some positives here, though. I think is is the other takeaway. Like that, like you said, Andy, that you briefly mentioned the Apple has this thing called the digital crown, which is like the, the thing in the middle. You can click it. You can also spin it. Um, that's now in Android Wear, like on both these watches, and supported in Android two point So the cool thing about that, if you're sitting at home and you're like, why would I? Why would I want to spin it instead of just touching the screen? There is something about scrolling a list with that, you know, sort of spinny, spinny dial thing that's just much nicer than getting your fingerprint smudges, you know, all over, all over your screen. I, I like it. I don't think it's the user interface revolution that you know Apple claimed it to be or anything like that. But it is. It, it's a nice touch. Like I, I think it's 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 good that that's on there. That's a nice enhancement. The other one is. Oh, sorry. You guys want to chime in? Go ahead. 
And, oh, I just want to add a note on that. Like I've seen people, all the videos of people kind of interacting with it. I will say the dial does look really neat because instead of having to swipe through all the different apps or all the different cards, you can kind of uh, twist the the dial and not twist it, but yeah, you you rotate it, but it, you, it goes a lot faster so you can access yeah. the all the apps and stuff. And I mean, I will say that the 2.0 interface um, looks slick. Like I really would be super, super excited to buy it. But my original Zen watch isn't going to get the update, and these watches are really not enough to me to, to justify the cost just for a software update. So um, maybe Mobile World Congress will deliver something that that I will be willing to buy. But as for now, I can't I can't justify the cost without getting some form of added benefit like NFC, Android Pay, like software update isn't enough for me. So, yeah, I'm definitely yeah. I'm, I'm definitely holding on there. I, I do have two or three hundred bucks uh, in the proverbial envelope taped to the bottom of my desk, waiting for a good Android Wear watch with NFC. Uh, although, I, really, I think that if you have uh, if you have an Android Wear watch right now, just getting the Android Wear 2.0 update is going to make you so happy. Every time I've had a hands-on experience with it, and every time I've seen video of other people uh, at Google and elsewhere really getting deep dive into it, this is. This is why you love to see a brand new uh, type of computer one year or two years after uh, people have actually had it in the real world. And then you can compare. This is the version 1.0. This is what the pe the engineers inside a lab thought people would want out of this watch. And now here's what they put in after observing people actually using it for a couple of years. That really does uh, come come to you when you're using Android Wear 2.0. Um, but what, one last thing I'll, I'll say, though, that, I, again, speaking as the one person who is freezing cold right now in a freezing cold office, uh, especially on a watch, you have to under, you have to make allowances for what happens if someone is wearing gloves, <laughs> because this is something that is really coming to me over the past week. We've had snow almost every day for the past uh, for the past week or so, uh, and so it's. I'm not a big fan of the digital stem because I just even after wearing it in my Apple Watch for months and months and months, my instinct says you scroll by swiping on the screen. Uh, even when uh, Android Wear updated to uh, to use gestures, I thought that was a wonderful, wonderful step forward. So now I'm now I'm scrolling by flicking my wrist and using that gesture. Um, so uh, I'm not a huge fan of it. I don't think it's critical to have that on a watch. But I do like the fact that they haven't abandoned clicky tactile interfaces because there are times when you really are glad that you can scroll without having to like wad up your your you have I have touch sensitive <laughs> glove liners. I have to wad up the the glove like to the base of my knuckles so that the the metal part is kind of stre stretched against my fingertips so I can actually interact with my watch or my phone. <laughs> I've got to say it's 88 degrees here, which today, that's that's the Fahrenheit, 31 degrees Celsius, which is actually a mild summer's day. It gets much hotter than that. So I have no idea what Andy's talking about. I don't think I've ever worn a pair of gloves like anywhere in Australia. Can, can, so. can I jump in for one second and say that the one <laughs> advantage is that in this climb, all of the poisonous, venomous lizards and reptiles in Australia that would kill me would be just dormant. They would not be able to move. So I could I could basically just walk up to them with a hammer and kill them. I have seen whole cars under snow as well. Is that a common thing that happens? Like the snow will just start falling and you're like, I give up. I'm staying inside. And then what, your entire car is just covered in snow. That That is such a foreign concept to me. 
Yeah, and let me explain what happens when, again, you can get multiple days of snow. And so maybe you got, like, you, you let's say you're on vacation and you're, you're gone for, like, four or five days. And it snowed, like, the day after you came. And then the next day it was, like, 38, 40 degrees. And so the sun, and the sun was on your car and it melted a little bit. But the next day it, it was, like, down to 10 degrees. So now there's this one-inch thick shell of ice absolutely protecting and uh, protecting your car from somebody three days later having been in hawaii for for a week of getting the key into the car and being able to get inside the car and driving it away that is a special special sort of circumstance that you, that you folks in australia know nothing about <laughs> remind me never to move anywhere like uh, boston where it's freezing cold <laughs> i saw i saw this is a complete aside i saw a cool video on uh, someone pulled up to a drive-thru and they had this ice sheet that andy's talking about like over their window and it just looks like a window and then the the guy makes his order then he just punches through the the screen and grabs his drink <laughs> and i'm like yeah okay that's, that's pretty weird uh, one one last thing I wanted to say about Android Wear is the I think we've talked about this before, but the idea of complications, which is those you know little generally circular things that sit on your watch face that can, as app developers, you know we can now program for. So if you have your favourite watch face and you're like, oh, I love this, you know, cat, you know, playing with a ball so much, or the the rocket ship going around the planet was one of my favourites, Andy, that I think you brought up on the show. Um, now you can have these little things on there that are like you know the obvious ones are. You know, things like here's your step count or whatever, but potentially apps could do more interesting things with that. So an app could show you, I don't know, whatever app you're into could show you, let's say you have some finance app and you're trying to, you know, reach towards some goal or something. It could, you know, slowly progress in there or just any sort of app that you can think of that might have some glanceable information can now put that, you know, onto your favorite watch faces, which I'm really excited to see, you know, how that goes. Apple's implementation of it sounded really cool but then when you got to it from a developer point of view it is a real pain to work with so i'm hoping the android wear side of things is like a lot easier and enables more things hopefully yeah yeah those look uh, look pretty neat uh, and the neat thing is that you can have them on any watch face like they enable it so you're not restricted to one design it's uh, any design and then you can kind of put them wherever you want so it looks neat and I guess I'll just have to look at someone else's watch when they finally get it so I can play with it. Or, hey, you know, if you if you want to make amends, people have Android Wear at Google, feel free to, you know, mail me a Android Wear 2.0 watch, preferably one with NFC Android Pay. No, I won't be able to carry that around. My wrists will start hurting. Whatever. Either way. Where's a belt buckle? I, I, like, I can I, wear I it as a West, belt buckle. In the West, they go for those big, <laughs> big, huge belt buckles. Exactly. I can wear it as a belt buckle, and then it's like I'm trying to pay with Android Pay. Like, what are you doing? It's quite common if you're a professional sports person as well that you get something like that and you strap it around your ankle, like one around each ankle, and suddenly, like, you know, you've got the weights that are kind of weighing you down to build up your muscles. That could be another just way to go. Just, your bicep. Yeah, if you, if you get two of them, one, just, one on each bicep. I just think that you know every every kid like skating on a on a frozen lake in 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 Canada, you know they just dream of that day when maybe they'll they'll win the highest championship in professional hockey and their name and all their teammates' name will be engraved on the side of the LG Sport Android Wear watch, you know, just to join that the dozens and dozens of names on that watch. Okay, we're not. We're, 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 I, I'm, speak, I'm, I'm speaking as though I don't want Yasmin to be to be sent a, a watch, so I'll I'll say. What a great idea! If if if, if <laughs> anyone could carry it off, if not carry actually, if anyone could carry it off, it would be Yasmin. If she can't even actually physically carry it off, but as a style <laughs> thing. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait! For 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 Tony Stark cosplay for like the arc reactor in his chest, oh, it's about the right go. size. Oh. So that's gonna be that's gonna be the next to watch. Glow. So you, 
You wear it around a chain on your neck like Flavor Flav. Yes, I will wear the See, Flavor Google, I'm Flav helping, watch. I'm helping you market this. I'm helping you find that niche that will Listen, give you. Listen, it's called Android Wear. It's not called Android Watch, so it can really be worn anywhere. <laughs> so I would wear it up, wear it oh. proudly as a chain. <laughs> <laughs> I, the other, uh, uh, I, I don't want to get into more disappointment. But the, the last, I already said the last. This is the what comes after last, the post finale. The one more, th- one more thing. Hey, one more thing. By the way, the battery life is apparently not great on either of them, yeah. which is something I was hoping we wouldn't go backwards on because we're kind of at the limit of you know you have to charge it every night or you can leave it maybe a day and a half and charge it you know the next day. But it'd be good to keep that moving forward rather than sort of going backwards. So in the Verge review, at least they noticed that. You know, sometimes the the one the bigger watch I think was out. You know, at five p.m. It's just like gone yeah. out of battery. And it's like oh, that's... especially especially because you can't just like a, a phone. You get to the office, you can just drop it into a charger and get get some modes. You get, you don't want to have to take off the watch. Well, okay, you, you maybe want some relief from the from the, <laughs> from the sweet, sweet, sweet relief. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a, that's. I just encourage you to charge it. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, we'll, we'll just let, wait let, for let's, the whole World Congress. But in the meantime, we, we can play a game that will yeah, cheer let, us let, up. Let's praise Google for something awesome they did. They do lots of awesome things. And one of them was, yes. This, uh, <laughs> the, pang, the, the pangolin game. Sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to no, jump on you. But I love, I, you know, so, sometimes, isn't it a great day when, of course, you know, you're doing a Google search or you're on, you're on Gmail and you see the doodle and maybe you just, you know, you're used to getting like three seconds. Oh, isn't that, isn't that, I wonder who that person is. But the, the best day is when you see that little graphical play button. Oh, there's interactive content. I don't care if I, I don't care if my, my kid is waiting for me to pick them up at soccer practice. I'm going to find out what this is. And so I really, really urge you to play this, uh, the, the pang game the pangolin is the really cool awesome uh, critter du jour like an armadillo sort if an armadillo made it with an artichoke you get something like this and they're adorable and they curl up into ball into a ball when they're threatened uh, and so they uh, google <laughs> took advantage of this by having a uh, sort of a side scrolling uh, game kind of like sonic the hedgehog where the pangolin wants to collect all the things they need he or she needs to uh, have, have, have create a great valentine's day for uh, for their uh, for their partner they're getting they want to Get, get get have a musical tune to play and a, and 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 candies and stuff like that. So they have they, they're rolling from from one side of the playfield to the other, jumping and avoiding obstacles and also collecting. Uh, they're, they're all coins, I think, aren't they? But the, all these little kind of little. It's like, uh, to make a, a cake for their loved one. Sorry, I'm totally not playing that right now and ignoring you. Sorry, my my, <laughs> my mistake. I've I've not played it in a day and a half because because the first day is like I I I want you to this is this is my endorsement of this game. I'm in bed. I I, I wake up. I, the first two things I do are I, especially in the winter, I pour myself a cup of hot tea from the thermos that I, I left on the nightstand the night before. Pull my my laptop into bed just to see if what kind of a day I'm going to be having. Saw it like okay, I'm gonna click that, and I'm in bed for like 45 minutes. My tea is getting cold, and I'm playing this game over and over and over again. It's, it's such it's such a capsule summary of why I love Google so much. And good good news to everyone that's thinking, oh no, I missed this. How can I play? You can actually go back and play all the interactive Google Doodles, including the the one where the Valentine's Day one for 2017. So I'm putting a link in the show notes as we speak, so you will be able to go back and play that. So it's super fun. 
Um, I, it's, it's just, that those are my favorite. They're like little fun treats, the games that they do. Like they just, the illustrations are so beautiful and the interactions are usually like pretty simple where you could just have fun and play. And like you said, waste maybe a bit more time than you intended because it's a, a bit addicting, but it's, uh, it's just so fun to play with. So mm. yeah, it's super cute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was leaving, I'm leaving space because I, I, you do you have that sort of. I made this addition to my social interaction software a number of years ago, where I, I installed a shot clock for certain. When I realize when part of my brain realizes that Andy, you're really, really enthusiastic about this. That's <laughs> fine. But remember that before every time you're about to talk about this, I want you to push this button and have this shot clock. And as, as I'm in danger of speaking for ten minutes about how much a I love this game and b I love Google for creating this game and c I love google for creating an environment where it's like let's just let's just hire people whose sole job it is to draw cool pangolins and 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 to work with the people whose sole job it is to write games for 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 the doodles like that is how if you're making a lot of money off of your business i want to see you put money into that yes do the flying car project yes do the take over the world project <laughs> but find some money just hire Give artists to just do game. cool stuff and make put a smile on my face i'm sorry Shot clock, <laughs> that's the buzzer and i'm no, shutting no, up now. I, I can <laughs> see how excited these two are about the google doodle i i don't tend to look at these a lot i don't know if i'm weird but i went to the website i'm like okay i gotta check out the recent doodles and today is actually serbia national day did you know that i didn't know that and uh, that's, ah, that's where all my family comes from that. yeah there you go so if you want to dance some colo you know get out there get some fancy footwork that's that's what it is today i think I think you're right, Andy. This is really cool that, you know, every day there's a little bit of history or a little bit of, you know, something about an animal or an event or a cause that, you know, it's just this is someone's job or probably lots of people's jobs to sit down and doodle these and, you know, write little descriptions of things. It's it's very cool. Yeah, and my, my kudos, my hats off to uh, Kathy Anderson, a columnist at the Sacramento Bee, uh, because uh, before the the Pangolin game, even she uh, reached out and uh, reached out to Google and got an interview with Perla Campus, who is the who is uh, Google's marketing lead uh, for the Google Doodle, and she specifically wanted to talk to her about the social relevance uh, that's been popping up in certain recent Doodles. We talked a couple weeks ago uh, when uh, Fred Korematsu, uh, the former uh, detainee or prisoner in the Japanese internment camps in the United States. Uh, they celebrated, did it at Google celebrating his birthday on the same weekend that the executive order uh, banning Muslims from uh, certain Muslims from entering, uh, entering the country uh, was there. And so was uh, the and it turns out that no, this, that was, that wasn't an accident for instance, in that one, we're saying that what was, it, it was tell, it was uh, posted on Fred's birthday. And so we were just, we were talking about, was that, Something they had planned is just good coincidence, uh, and so uh, no, she she said that uh, that was under the gun. It was at uh, over the weekend they put that together. They found out that uh, Fred Kermatsu's birthday is also uh, also celebrated as sort of a, a government holiday uh, in certain countries. Uh, he said that uh, each of these stories, talking about the Kormatsu and uh, other people they've honored, uh, need to be told right now. They're so inspirational. I'm sorry, this is uh, this is Perla Campus uh, speaking. Uh, they're so uh, they're so inspirational. I believe California, Florida, Hawaii, and one other state, Virginia, considered January 30 to be Fred Kormatsu Day, a day dedicated to remembering civil liberties and the Constitution. It was a wonderful time to celebrate him because of his birthday and the day, but it was also a story that we feel was really relevant to current times, and we were honored to represent that to people. Uh, and in the broader sense, uh, about doodles, uh, really does underscore everything that I love about the doodle. Uh, she's saying she says that 
Again, I'm quoting, the doodle's purpose is to make people smile or make them feel proud of who they are, who they identify with, and the things they celebrate. If we see a lot of people are talking about them, then it indicates to us that we're talking about things that resonate with our users, which is our top priority. Google's doodles are to inspire delight and curiosity. Good heavens, I just want to put a, a small amount of money because I am a working journalist into a box and just mail it to Google and say, if you need new new Nerf bullets for your Nerf guns, if you need new chocolate for whatever station, I just want to put money in a box and give it to you. Thank you very much, Google. I will add uh, one more thing about the doodle. And I was reading that quote to you, uh, Andy, where I was like, oh, that's like so googly. That is so googly. <laughs> to inspire delight and curiosity. That's like Google Google in, in a sentence. But um, one, of the, one of the other things I said is that we really want to make sure the topics that we're covering do that and feature people, places and things that really haven't had the recognition that they deserve in history. And I think that is so, so uh, wonderful because you know, a lot of people go to the Google homepage to search and you see this doodle and you're like, who is that person? You go up there and you you, know, you click on it and find out more information about this uh, either person or place or thing. And so the fact that they're really making an effort for the people that haven't received the recognition that they deserve in history, like I think is super, super excellent. So I, I love the Google doodles. I think they're always fun. And it looks like Russell has uh, found that you can submit an idea for the Google doodle. Yeah, where do you send it to? How's this? They have an email address, proposals at google.com. And the Google Doodle people say that they'll, they'll might not respond, but they'll read every single request that goes in there. And quite often they'll take ideas from there. So, listeners, this is your chance. Proposals at google.com. You know, you can, you can send your suggestions in. Yours could end up, you know, on the home screen of Google. I mean, how, how cool would that be? You know, there's this podcast that I feel hasn't received the recognition it deserves. <laughs> the historic in recognition it receives um, after running for a year and a half. Podcasts and like you have little Android. We already have the Android figurines drawn as in our shirt, so you know they could take that inspiration. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm going to go Andy with this. I'm going to go Andy with this. Yes, mate. One of us would have to die, I think, for that to happen. Does anyone here want to volunteer? <laughs> volunteer. Well, it's, not, it's, not, well, it's, not like, it's not like a U.S. commemorative postage stamp. They can have, there's, no, there's no act of Congress that needs to happen. Um, although, although, so I'm I, I just making a note to, uh, uh, to you, I'm sure this uh, a sidebar. This is, I'm sure none of your listeners are going to listen to this because we're going to cut this out of the podcast, of course. But Russell, I know that you, you, because you, uh, you're responsible for running a lot of the back channel stuff. Make a note to uh, the webmaster. We need to have uh, another sidebar on our webpage for every single one we need to have a list of everything that uh, everything that uh, that Yasmin has asked from Google <laughs> so she yes. so for this one she wants she wants the watch she also wants a Google doodle just because because just, just to save people time. I'm, I'm going to get our listeners involved in this, Andy. If anyone out there wants to go and catalog all the different things that Yasmin has asked for and maybe put it up on some kind of domain like uh, things Yasmin's asked for is she a bit boring. She deserves this and more.com. Yes, she deserves this and more.com. And we'll, I, if you can do that for us, we'll pimp it on the next show. Like I, well, that's, that's our commitment to you. I'm trying to think of all the things. There's definitely been burritos. There's been self-driving cars, watches. I got a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> jobs i think one, one time yasmin asked for a job one at google time asked for a job they haven't delivered on that one come on google <laughs> but on, think google. it's because they don't have a list yasmin if we had some kind of they list. Don't have a list you need to have a list listen if you can only fulfill one of the wishes just a job that'll be good <laughs> <laughs> that's right because with the job you could probably like buy, i could get all the other all, stuff buy, 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 all the job other would buy many burritos 
It would be <laughs> like endless free burritos. It'd be it'd be like sending yourself <laughs> exactly. a Valentine's. You're like, look, look, what? Oh, I got this thing from Google. Oh, isn't that nice? And we're like, don't you work at Google, Yasmin? Who, who's sending you these <laughs> things? Oh, it's from someone else. Um, <laughs> that's the last thing to go back to the doodles your, is your mouth to Sergey's ears, everybody. I I don't know how true this is. I often wonder about company backstories, like how much of this they sort of make up afterwards. But apparently, the Google uh, Doodle originated in 1998. When the two founders went off to Burning Man and, you know, there were the only two people or very few people at Google and so they decided to stick up a kind of out-of-office message. So the, the Burning Man sort of like stick thing was in the actual logo and that's apparently where it all started. You know, I don't, I don't know, we're going to need some extra research into this uh, because... Well, actually, it's on the Google site, 1998, before the company was even incorporated. So yeah. there's, there's info. Back when the Google logo had serifs. <laughs> <laughs> so many serifs. <laughs> we, we were we were such kids back then. We, life was so the world was a simpler place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was only no, I'm not going to tell you how old I was. But there we go. <laughs> Fun stuff. I, I, oh God, the, the, my hair awesome. back then. Oh, my goodness, oh. back at back in back in 2002. You just want to want to see it. I want to add this one quick thing just because you said hair and it reminded me of something else. I was talking to someone that listened to our podcast uh, out in the real world and they're like, oh, I love I love that guy with the with the beard. And I was like, the guy with the beard. And I was like, well, Russell kind of kind of has it. He's like, no, no. He's like, no, I don't think that's it. I was like. Oh, Andy, Andy. He's like, oh, yeah, Andy. I was like, it's not beard. It's the sideburns, the sideburns. And he's like, oh, yeah, the sideburns. He's so funny. And I was like, what, what about Yas- Yasmin? No, no, anyone? Okay. Okay. It's like, yes, so, hey, you got some fans out there, Andy. Yeah, that, that name doesn't ring a bell or anything. No, you got some fans out there, Andy, saying like, oh, he's so funny. It was it was, it was was cute. You the man up. looks on everything. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy and I co-fan in the wild. They're everywhere, by the way. You, you'll run They're across everywhere. them. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. I, I was thinking about this uh, website idea, Yasmin. People need somewhere to put this. And, you know, you could mm. go to previous you Ooh, know sponsor yep. squarespace and stuff like that but if you want to get serious like if you want a serious website that you can build linode linode has the back-end infrastructure for you so this episode is brought to you by them uh, linode gives you fast powerful hosting for your projects that you can set up in just seconds they have easy to understand tools that let you choose your resources your linux distro everything you want and as of today this is exclusive linode plans now just start at five dollars a month so previously it was ten dollars a month now it's just five and that gets you a linux server with one gig of ram what? Yeah, that's half price. And you might think, what else do I get? So you get industry-leading performance with native SSD storage. You get Intel E5 processors. You get access to a 40-gigabit network. You know, you get to choose one of nine data centers that you can put your VPS in uh, all across the globe. So places like, you know, Tokyo, Europe, USA, like it's all covered. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. Super simple scaling. You know, if you decide you need more resources, just go to admin area, click a few buttons, and there you go. It's all manageable via the command line as well, you know, if that's that's your preference. And all their pricing teachers, uh, teachers, all their pricing tiers feature hourly billing. So if you decide halfway through through the month you're like oh i don't need this server you can you can basically turn it off and delete it and you'll only have paid for half that month you know you don't have to pay for the the full month and lastly i just want to mention their new pricing plan so we we talked about that at the start of this ad read you can now get a server for one uh server with one gigabyte of ram for just five dollars a month you can go all the way up to 16 gig for 60 dollars a month and their two gigabyte plan now includes 30 gigabytes of storage so 
2 gigabytes of RAM, 30 gigabytes of disk, all for just $10 a month. So Linode continues to offer more and more op- uh, options for people. And you should go check out their pricing pages or some other, you know, things that they do. There's now these special boxes that have, you know, where you can just get RAM instead of disk if, if that's your thing. But the place to go is linode.com slash material, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash material. And you'll not only be supporting us, but you get $20 towards your first plan. So on the new $5 plan, that's four whole months. You get a seven-day money-back guarantee as well, so there's nothing to lose. So lino.com slash material, or if you're already at checkout, use the promo code material2017. And we want to thank Linode so much for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. It is happening, everyone. Google I.O. 2017. Uh, I think we last week or two weeks ago, we found out that the dates for this event was going to be May 17th through the 19th, and it was going to be at Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View. So again, they were going to have it in the location they had last year, which was a new location because before they've always had it in um, the Moscone Moscone, Moscone Center. Um, can, I, can, I, can I jump in and just remind people right now, buy your parasols right now. If it's going to be the, <laughs> the Shoreline Amphitheater, realize that two-thirds of that audience was in the blazing sun. So either either paint your entire body white with like Dutch boy white enamel or one of those you know Civil War dainty lady parasols. I think that's what you're going to need for this one. I'm sorry. Back back to you. Yes, me. Maybe they can get some Ministry of Supply shirts. Oh, wait. We're not, not this week. Not, not this week. Um <laughs> But it, yes, it's so you hopefully see, we're it's loyal to our advertisers. Really even we are after so the loyal, fact. even when they don't Where, pay us. How far, how far does one. your advertising dollar go on any other show? <laughs> 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 yeah, so it it was it was hot, and people they ran out of room in the tents. We really hope that this year they make the tents bigger, and there's a lot more places to kind of cool off. But your chance to get into the ticket application window starts February 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific, and it goes in through February 27th, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So get that window in there, apply, and, you know, cross your fingers, pray, everything, and see if you you get chosen for the raffle. So, so, Russell, are you setting an alarm to, to get the ticket application window? Uh, well, this is the good thing about buying uh, tickets from Google Yasmin. Unlike WWDC, although Apple's done this, I think, last year, so maybe that's not really as relevant, but you used to have to wake up at 3 a.m. in the morning and click madly, you know, all the buttons, have five browsers open and hope that eventually one of those browsers, you know, would be able to get to the sign-up page. You'd be able to hit it really fast and get your ticket. It's it's a lottery, so you can edit, enter at any time. I don't think there's any preference to, you know, waking up, you know, dead on 10 a.m. Pacific and being like, click, click, click. It's fine. Like you put your application in, then Google will basically, you know, if you get selected, they'll let you know. Um, the other thing is there's, I've seen a lot of angst in the developer community about, like you said, last year it was very hot. Uh, the tents are very small. People didn't get into like a lot of the events that, um, you know, they wanted to get into. I'd like to think and having talked to a few Googlers as well that a lot of that will change this year because – I don't think Google's a dumb company and this is an event that they put on with, you know, resources that uh, they sourced and, you know, put in there. So I'm sure they'll make some adjustments this year. You know, they're they're smart people. They'll figure it out. If I had to make a prediction, I'll say, you know, maybe the tents will be a bit bigger. Maybe there'll be overflow rooms. Maybe there'll be, you know, provisions for rerunning sessions or screening them on TVs or something. I'm I'm sure they'll come up with ways to to make that event even better. And my favourite thing about the... The Shoreline Amphitheatre last night was uh, last night last year. Sorry, was at night time. What would happen at you know places like WWDC? Moscone kicks you out at about 
I think 5.30, 6 o'clock, it's just a requirement of that venue. You've got to be out of the building. The thing I really liked about the amphitheatre is you could hang around there. You know, Google had – they had drinks it and they had food, full, yeah. they had music, they had entertainment. And it was such a good chance it's to catch thing, up man. with – Yeah, exactly, man. It was such a good thing to catch up with all these people that I'd never met before because normally what would happen is you'd have the group of people you know, you know, 10 developers might go off somewhere, you know, wherever – the fact that you're all in that one venue, I thought was really cool, and I'm I'm excited for it to be there like again this year. I, I, maybe maybe that's not everyone. I know some people got you know sunburn or whatever, and you might have to account for that this year. But I, I'm super excited that it's back at the the amphitheater. Yeah, there there was something that was really neat. You know, they had a lot of the concerts. Like one night they had a concert, and so it was super fun. You have this uh, this concert, and people are and they have free beer, which is always great. And then so people are just like hanging out and having a good time. And then uh, one of the nights they actually had this. Um, I don't know. Did they call it like a? It was a was it the after party? Like they had different stations where you got to try on uh, different VR stuff and different things that were set up, and uh, people were just hanging out and having a good time and chatting with each other. And that's one of the things that I love so much about Google is about fostering this community. And it really is centered about the community around Google and the developers and real and designers and everyone involved in, in, you know, building apps. They just really want to create this environment when they want to make you feel welcome. They want to make you uh, feel like you're, you know, you're having a good time and just get to know people. And I cannot stress this uh, enough that being able to go to Google I.O. is really one of the most amazing opportunities. So if you ever get a chance to go, like go out there and do it and just go out and meet people. Like, don't be afraid to say, hey, I listened to material. Are you going to be there? Like, I would love to say hi. You don't never know what's going to happen. Just uh, friendships that arise. I mean, I started this podcast because I reached out to Russell. I was like, hey, are you going to be there? Can I say can I say hi? And then it was an awkward uh, I said, 15 no, minutes. We but shall we only did. talk over a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so no, the first time you didn't even, we didn't talk over microphones on (laughs) Twitter, but no, so it was, so it's so fun. So if you get a chance to go, go on there, um, if you are a part of women tech makers, I know they open up opportunities to go get involved with women tech makers and we'll put a link in there. So yeah. Last year, if you remember, we, we met one of our listeners who, yes. She basically, yes. she heard about the Women in Tech Makers thing. She's like, yes, that sounds like something for me. She applied and she got a ticket. And we actually met her at yeah. Google I, which was really cool. I know. That was oh, that was probably one of my favorite moments where she was just like, are you Yasmin? And I'm like, yes, that that is me. She's like, <laughs> I am here because of Material Podcast. And I heard about Women in Tech Makers and I was just like, oh, like, Ah, anyways, that I, was did, I did think how you made her kneel and kiss your ring was a bit much, but I mean, you know, I guess I guess she does she does owe it to you. So. And then there, was it the same well, person that told us her husband was going to be kissed? <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was the Android Wear watch that I made her kiss. All right, Russell, it wasn't the ring; it was the watch. <laughs> yeah, means like, are you hungry? Eat some cake. <laughs> Free cake for everybody. So what? What were we? Are, what are we looking forward to? Is there have, is there any speculation about stuff that Google might talk about this year? It's only a few months away. It's not even like in the distant future. Hey, maybe we'll get some apps that get released. Oh yes, man. <laughs> Too soon. I reckon. I'm sorry. We we could get another messaging app. We we don't have enough of those. We could oh, we could do with yay. a brand. Uh, no, in in all maybe seriousness. I feel like this is the one year where there's no unless you guys can think of like low hanging fruit. I can't think of any like it felt like last year you could see you know the amazon echo was a big thing you know google home was most mm-hmm. likely going to come out you could see daydream was going to come out you know because you know vr and google does vr this time around i don't know if there's anything super obvious where you think okay here's something another company does 
you know, really well or maybe it's just brought out that Google right. could do even better. I can't. Mm. Can you guys, either of you think of, mm. of something like that? I need, I need some more time to think. I can't, like, not, you're right. <laughs> nothing's coming to the top of my head. I'm sure I'm sure once we stop recording, I'm going to have these amazing ideas. The only thing I could think of is actual augmented reality uh, instead of virtual reality. It seems like a lot of the real buzz going on is not about VR. As, as nice as Daydream is, it really is about uh, the, one of the nicest bombs that uh, Google could drop is here is a new version of, and we and we have an, it'll be a demonstration that ends with, and to show you how well our augmented reality APIs work and how they can transform your apps, we are now today releasing an augmented reality version of Google Maps. So if you're ever confused, if you're getting walking directions and you're ever confused about where you're going, simply hold up your hold up your phone and move it around, and we'll actually superimpose upon your the live view arrows arrows and emojis about how what it thinks about your intelligence level that you keep walking past what is obviously the right street to, to turn left on. Ooh, I, uh, I like that, Andy. I know that's been a, a bit of a buzzword in the Apple community as well since Tim Cook you know, dropped, dropped it in an interview. He's like, yeah, it's very important, yeah. as big as the, the iPhone, basically. So that is a good one, Andy, because it is something they could give developers. Like it makes sense at a Google O to be, it's no good saying we have this um, augmented reality platform and then no apps implemented. You know, that's that's not going to make for good news stories. But if you can get it out there early and say, here's, you know, developer preview one, we're going to have preview two and preview three before this launches, you know, September, October. Uh, that could be cool if they, you know, build on build that actually into Android as an operating system. Yeah, I, I think I remember last year I was hoping that they would actually release something like that. So it could be potential this year. Um, I think, I know we joked about one more messaging app. It's probably going to be, I'm crossing my fingers that it's going to be a like revamp of Allo or a messaging app where they kind of merge all of them uh, together into one and they actually incorporate proper SMS support inside of the LO app or whatever that messaging system is going to be. And they're probably going to introduce uh, the RCS, which was that, what was that rich, what does the C stand for? Communication service? Standard service. Standard, starting here. Um, (laughs) So could be potential that they, maybe that's wishful thinking that they merge everything into one and announce it. But that, that could be it. I'm probably going to see some Google, Google assistant updates. Um, Maybe I, I feel like maybe that maybe I'm thinking too small here, but I feel like a lot of the the project or the products that they did release uh, this past year that they announced last year were almost half baked. A lot yeah. of them needed a lot of work, so I really feel like it would be in their best interest to almost improve on those and be like, here, you know, here's this update. You remember like Google Photos? That was probably the absolute favorite, and that was rich communication service. Thank you. That's uh, that's what RSCS stands for. And I, when Google Photos was announced, that was just something that took everyone by surprise. And it was just like the super neat app that they uh, were able to release right away. And, you know, they had kind of the, the photos built into Google Plus, but this was going to be its whole separate thing. And anyways, it was a cool, um, it, it was a cool update and they're really focusing on that. So I hope we get something like Google Photos. And when I say something like Google Photos, now I'm not looking at an actual Google Photos uh, thing, but some type of service that you don't even like not even thinking about you're like wow like this is really beneficial and really helping me in my life and it's become one of my favorite products along with google maps 
Yeah, that, that that's a really good point. They did a whole lot, they did a whole bunch of announcements last year that were really conditional upon new hardware. Uh, Google Home, which is great, but in brand in a brand new piece of hardware. Uh, Android apps that can run on uh, on Google Chrome, but that requires new hardware. Android Wear 2.0, of course, uh, requires most a lot of uh, new hardware. So it's one thing to say here to tell developers here is how you can support hypothetically these devices that you're just going to have to trust us will appear. Uh, now it's like here are physical devices. Here is what we've been observing people using, and here's how we've modified things so right now. And by the way, all of you are going home with a brand new Chromebook that runs Android apps because yeah, see, that, 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 yeah, I, I, I bet that I bet that's something that a lot of developers would like to see addressed. Because last year they got zorched after year after <laughs> year after year of like saying, and by the way, we we and we're announcing three new laptops, and you all get three new laptops, and because ah! one of those laptops is available in four colors, you'll get that last laptop in all four colors. Yay! Ah! Uh, and so now it's like, I've, <laughs> it's like I think I think a lot of people who uh, went to last year's Google I/O and checked <laughs> trust trust me, honey. I I, I know it's, it seems silly to you now that I'm paying twenty five dollars to check an empty an empty lug piece of luggage. <laughs> Believe me, I'm going to need that for all the stuff they're going to give me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, yeah, I'm on the other side of that fence. Like, I, I was kind of glad to see no giveaways last year because I, I think, and this is just a theory, this could be one of these alternative facts that I've made up in my head, but it seemed to me like at previous events, people, you know, you'd buy the, I think back then it was a $900 ticket, you'd get $1,500 worth of stuff that hadn't been released yet. That was incentive for people who, you know, are not developers, didn't really care about attending the conference, would just come for the, you know, the keynote because that's a pretty cool thing to sit in, grab the free stuff and then leave for the rest of the three days. Like, I, I don't know how much of that went on. Maybe that's just like a, a perception thing that's not reality. But it seems like with no giveaways, then, you know, the only real reason you're there is to, you know, get all the, the developer goodies. So may, maybe that's a good thing. But there is, I uh, will admit it, deep down inside of Russell somewhere, there's, there's just a part of you that's like, but I, but I like free stuff. I want free stuff. Who doesn't like free stuff? Also, if, if you don't want Yasmin your free stuff, free give stuff. your free stuff to Yasmin or me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you don't like it, Russell, I will take it off your hands, remove the burden from you, just be like, you know what, Russell, you don't have to endure this. Just give it to me and we're good. <laughs> uh, it's... It's always fun to play. It's always fun to play with like the the new stuff just because it gives you something to tinker with, um, especially like with Android Wear when it was announced and you got the two watches, so people were encouraged to develop apps for it and stuff. So um, those those are always fun. Uh, I will probably I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that there's probably gonna be update to Google Assistant and include a bit more of those interactions. I know we have the API to be able to create the Google Assistant, you know, those actions and and triggers and all of that. So I think they're probably gonna put an emphasis on that um but we'll see we'll see uh, that's my my other prediction yasmin is yeah more ai stuff like and more apis to it as well but i'm just going to make a random prediction as well uh, even more of a merge between chrome os and, and android os so something else that comes out that's like here's a way that the two are even more similar now like chrome os can currently run android apps but you know it's just going to merge like this it's kind of it's, it's kind of in a almost kind of with this is the best we could do right now sort of way as opposed to i think people were sort of hoping for a here is a here you double click on this icon and you have a window that has it as opposed to here is we are going to bamboozle this app into thinking it's on a phone even though you're on a chromebook so they could really enhance and expand that uh, with some with some new uh, new muscle this summer we're excited we're excited we're it's a uh, new year 
And hopefully, hopefully people are able to go out and make it out there. Um, and Andy, where can people find you on the line? Stay connected with you. As usual, if you spell my last name, you get a free ticket to the Andy Anatko Fun Park. I'm Anatko on uh, Anatko.com is my blog. Uh, Anatko on Twitter, Anatko on Instagram. Uh, but you can see the stuff I write for pay at the Sun Times, Chicago Sun Times at SunTimes.com. And Russell Ivanovich, where can people find you on the line? Uh, they can find me at Twitter, as long as it hasn't sold to Verizon yet, at Rusty Shelf. And you can find me at Yasmin Evian on Twitter, and you can find us on the web at relay.fm forward slash material. We're also at Material Podcast on Twitter. You can send us feedback at materialpodcast at gmail.com. You want to thank everyone for listening. Until next time, stay in material. 